Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The best hard rock. The best heavy metal. Talking Metal. A podcast hosted by Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Available through iTunes and most other podcast providers. Feel the power. Feel the glory. TalkingMetal.com Hi, I'm Sarah Duncan and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal, episode 199, getting close to the big 200. Yes, cannot believe that we have done 199 episodes, plus one hidden episode, which we're not going to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that it will remain hidden. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was a special episode. We sent out to some of the, the true uh, hardcore Talking Metal heads, uh, and um, I eh, let's just move on from that. <laughs> Anyways... What do we got? A little music up, up top here and then come back with some uh, some talk and news. Sounds good. What do you want to play first? You want to get into the bottom? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, really sad news. Uh, Daniel McMaster, uh, the lead vocalist of Bonham, passed away recently. This guy was only 39 years old, very young, slightly older than we are. And uh, he had one of those crazy infections. I don't know if it's called a staph infection, but it's one of those things where you're like a healthy guy, you get some kind of a bug, and then by the time you know it, it's too late. And uh, this guy had had a, a wife, um, uh, I believe two kids, and um, it's just such a tragedy for somebody that young to to pass away on such strange circumstances. Anybody passing away is sad, but this is especially sad. But I just wanted to tell everybody, go to www.danielmcmaster.com. It's M-A-C-M-A-S-T-E-R.com. And um, there is information about a trust fund on that site where you could donate uh, to Daniel's family. So do that. Check it out. We'll link that in the show notes. This is off the disregards of timekeeping. It's called Wait For You by Bonham.
That was Wait For You by Bonham from The Disregard of Timekeeping, 1989. Bonham featuring Daniel McMaster, who sadly passed away recently. Go to his website and make a donation to his family's trust fund. Uh, We got a really great show tonight. Uh, We have the unedited interview with Serge Tankian from the Talking Metal on Fuse pilot episode, which is actually on demand, and it's now being called Talking Metal Episode 1. Yeah, there's some confusions. You know, we, we did the hour-long pilot, and then there were six additional 30-minute episodes, so I don't know how Fuse is numbering them, but according to John, uh, on demand on your cable systems, the pilot episode is now being called Episode 1. It was great. We had Surge, Nick Oliveri, Dave Mustaine, uh, Nikki Six. It was a really great episode, and you can catch it in all of its glory, or at least most of it. Did they edit out some of the I videos think, or something? I think they may have edited out some of the music videos, but all of the interviews, I believe, are there, uh, plus the jam. And I actually have not seen the final cut of it yet, but I do know that it is, in fact, on demand. Yeah, my brother, who has Comcast in Pennsylvania, had, uh, had it on his on demand. He was watching it. We have Serge Tankian... Coming up soon? Coming up, but how about a few little bits of news and letters? The metal nurse who was in the final, well, I won't call it the final episode, who was in the... Final episode of season one. Yeah, the final episode of season one of Talking Metal Unfused wrote in, uh, Hi, Mark. Thanks so much. Just heard the podcast. You guys are awesome. The show was awesome, and I really appreciate all the plugs. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just to clarify, In Smoke which is one of her bands. So Smoke, in Smoke, in the band Smoke, I play rhythm guitar and sing backups. Craig, the guy you met, plays lead guitar. In the band 14 Bullets, I sing lead vocals and play rhythm guitar. As you know, I am a Coffin Case girl, coffincase.com, and I have my own show called Tales from the Coffin, which can be seen on nonlouder.com. Thanks so much for everything. Angel, the metal nurse. I love the metal nurse. She was great, and uh, all her friends were cool. We don't know that. Dan? Dan, the editor engineer, is wondering if she's single. I, I would I would doubt it. Not. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, you never know. <laughs> so, metal nurse, Angel, thank you again. You were amazing on the show, and we really appreciate it. And uh, definitely, everybody, check out her bands and her websites and her show on nonlouder.com. Cool. I have one more quick letter, which um, I'm going to just read a little bit. It says, hey, John and Mark, I just want to write in today coming from a bit of a different angle here regarding talking metal. You see, I hate reading. It totally sucks ass. The only recreational material I ever read is Revolver, guitar magazines, sport magazines, newspaper, and porn. Not sure if that counts as reading. I haven't read a book in 25 years. Whoa, that's a long time, dude. Since junior high school, until now, and it's all because of Talking Metal, I heard you guys mention books like The Heroin Diaries by Nikki Six. Uh, he went out and he bought that. He's also read Everybody Wants Some, The Van Halen Saga by Ian Christie, The Dirt, and The Slash Book, and it's all because he's heard us talk about it. Uh, he's from Canada, and he doesn't get views, but he says congratulations on the show. I'm pretty bummed out that I can't see it. 
anyways, and asks us not to abandon the po- podcast. A couple things. We won't stop doing the podcast, and you can see tons of footage from the Fuse show on Fuse.tv slash Talking Metal in the video section. Check it out. And that about does it for me. Uh, I just read on Blabbermouth the Ace Frehley record, Delayed. I just actually spoke with both Derek Hawkins, uh, the guitarist, uh, one of the new new members of Ace's band, and Anthony Esposito, uh, the bassist, on Wednesday, and uh, those guys are doing great. They are playing Denver, Colorado tonight. Uh, You won't hear this podcast for a day or so, but uh, today is Friday. Uh, the 28th of March, and uh, I will be hooking up with these guys over on the East Coast very soon, and I cannot wait to see these guys. The tour is amazing. They've got such great people on the tour. Night Bob, the famous sound man from Aerosmith, and he's in a lot of old Aerosmith home videos. Uh, He's been out with Aerosmith, Paul Stanley, Ace Frehley, Frehley's Comet back in the day. He's out with them. They got a great, great tour manager uh, who's who's, uh, been... You know, good friends with Jimmy Page, and uh, it's going to be great. I don't want to give out his name because I don't want people to bombard him um, when you go see his shows. But uh, that Ace uh, tour is ripping it up all across the U.S. and Canada, and they will be going to Europe very soon as well. Um, a little bit of metal news. Uh, and by the way, I do want to mention that I have um, some special letters that I do want to read, and I will read on an upcoming episode. So, um, Hang tight, guys, and we're going to do, uh, uh, you know, well, I'm sure we'll do another letter episode very soon. Uh, and even if we don't, I will read those letters that I have. wanted to um, let everybody know that Whitesnake has a brand new album coming out called Good To Be Bad. And uh, it's their first new studio album in 11 years, and it's on SPV Records. Cool. And uh, you know who's in the band here? It's a, it's a great lineup. David Coverdale, of course, on vocals. Doug Aldrich on guitars, uh, who we all know from his work with Dio and a bunch of other people. Right, right. Um, Reb Beach, uh, of course, from Winger and Dokken, and also Night Ranger on guitars. Uriah Duffy on bass. Timothy Drury on keyboards. And Chris Frazier on drums, who actually played with Steve Vai before. Cool. So check that record out. We will. Let's get into the Surge interview and then maybe come back. Is that cool? Sounds good. Use the links to buy all the music you hear on TalkingMetal.com. What I'm trying to say is use those links that are posted in the show notes on TalkingMetal.com to buy the music you hear on the podcast. So do yourself a favor. Do us a favor. Use the links. We got a new sponsor coming up. We're pretty psyched about that. Yes. It's actually an old sponsor coming back for more sponsorship of Talking Metal. It'll probably start in the next episode. So always support the sponsors of Talking Metal. Be sure to tune into TalkingMetalLive.com. TalkingMetalLive.com. This Tuesday night, this East Coast time, 7, to 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. A lot of great guests going to be on our live show, including... A guy from Def Leppard. Yes, Phil Collin, the one and only Phil Collin from Def Leppard, one of my favorite guitar players of all time, plays those amazing Ibanez Destroyer guitars with three pickups, and now he plays Jackson. But uh, I love Phil Collin, and I'm pretty psyched for that. I mean, I'm not pretty psyched. I'm clearly psyched. We've got Dan Lorenzo from Hades, Nonfiction, and also The Cursed. Who else we got? 
Uh, we have a, a young band called Drive A out of L.A. Cue Ball is going to stop by. He's doing a hard rock project called Return to Earth. He's going to tell us all about that. And Brett's going to come along with him. And Brett will be with him. And I feel like there was one other We have Daryl Keck of oh, yeah, yeah. Metal Darryl Generation. Keck. Right. Yep. He'll be calling in. So it'll be a busy three hours on Talking Metal Live this Tuesday night. 7 to 10 Eastern Time. Yeah. Cool. Let's get into a little system and right into the Surge interview. This is Uncut Surge Tankian, recorded last, oh, I don't know, October, maybe? Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. At the Circus Bar in New York City. Maybe even been September, I'm not sure. This is Aerials by System of a Down. Talking Metal. I'm here with Serge Tankian and Mark Striegel. Let's do a Talking Metal Toast. Talking Metal Toast. Cool. Cheers, good. Cheers. Serge, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we have been checking out the, the new record, your solo record, and uh, Elect the Dead. And the one thing I was excited about was, as a system fan, this is a record that appeals to me. You know, and a lot of times when someone does, uh, a, if you want to call it a solo record outside of their 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 band that you're familiar with them um, in, it is like a great departure. And this is definitely a rock record. Rock fans are going to like it. Metal fans are going to like it. And was that a conscious effort, or did you, is this just kind of where you fell? It wasn't really a conscious effort at all. In fact, I didn't even know it was going to be a rock record, because what I did was I just picked songs... Um, that I wrote either on piano or acoustic guitar that were very classic type of songs, you know, and uh, that I wanted to sing. Because I have a huge library of songs. I have hundreds of unreleased, you know, songs, all sorts of genres, electronic and experimental and whatnot. And these were just very simple songs for me that I wanted to sing over, and, and they had this emotion about them. So I was thinking of how to arrange them. You know, the genre that you name is usually based on how you want to arrange them. If I kept them as acoustic with strings, it would be more orchestral. It wouldn't be rock, you know. Had I done a dub version of them, it would be more dub or reggae. You know, I mean, it just depends on what you do with them. So I was messing around with arrangement ideas, and I took two of the songs, and I said, okay, let me see what what they're asking for, what these songs want. So I did some drum programming around them, and I saw that 
these a lot of these songs are very uh, I don't know if you've heard the whole record but they're very a lot more classical music and operatic oriented than anything I've ever done it's kind of like these operatic dynamics more so than system and whatever so I said let's try those with drums let's see how you know so I did one of the arrangements with drums and I'm like wow that sounds like it's gonna be like I could push the dynamics further yeah. with it than if I just did orchestral or, or acoustic versions with them and and so I put in some bass and guitars I'm like okay I, I think I know where I'm going with this so it surprised me that I was coming up with the rock record because my intention wasn't that in the first place right oh, um, so nice. there you go yeah. you know, sometimes the song asks for the the song them, themselves uh, beg the instruments that need to be on it. Speaking of the instruments, you played like 90% of the stuff on this record, yeah. which is great, because I knew you played guitar, but I didn't know you played like all the other instruments as well. Yeah, well, piano was my first instrument, so I, I would say about 60-65% of the songs were written on piano. Oh, cool. Um, I like doing string arrangements. I've been doing it for film and for system records and stuff, even though it's buried in the mix with system stuff, but I love doing string arrangements. Um, guitar I've played, guitar was my second instrument. I've been playing it for at least 20 years bass, you know, same right. technique kind of thing. So for me, it's, you know, honestly, I'm not the best singer in the world, I'm not the best guitarist in the world, I'm not the best of anything in the world, but I'm the best at presenting things that I have in mind, you know, so I was able to do that with these songs in a very honest and organic way. I, I like that you said that, uh, you know, this was your vision and this was a chance for you to, to really put down on tape your exact vision. And yeah. sometimes, you know, when you're in a band, it can't always be your exact vision. Yeah. So I think it's great that this record, Elect the Dead, is what you intended it to be completely your way. Yeah. And that's great. What I also think is cool is that you, there was a, a term, a phrase that you used, is that you want to create art from existing art. So from this album, more art is created by all of the different videos that you, you've got this amazing array of artists and directors involved and you're creating additional art from one piece of art, this album. Yeah, it's cool, you know, I mean, you know, when I was putting out this record I wanted to do things differently, you know, I've, I've put out five records with System and a number of other indie records, set art and all this other stuff and I thought, okay, what should I do with this record, where am I trying to go and, and where I was at in my life was I feel like everything's gravy. I think I, I feel like not that there, I don't have problems, but I feel like everything I'm doing is a bonus in my life. I feel like I'm at a great place. So to me, it was important to enjoy the experience, the full experience of releasing a record. So that's why I decided not only just to write it and do it on my, my own studio and play majority of the instruments, but also to produce it and put it out on my own label. Sure. Um, it's not just more control. It's more. Uh, having to do with having a, your vision your is so strong right. that you want to implement it the way that you want to do it. So on a business level, you're able to take whatever artistic credibility that you have and multiply that with marketing, multiply that with you know right. uh, promotion and, and publicity and whatnot. And the videos, for me, were a great way to multiply that artistic factor of the record and present more art from the original art source. Mm -hmm. So by doing that, you get all these other amazing artists involved. And I have a lot of indie director friends and. You know, so I, I kind of just went to them and I said, here's a song, here's a small budget, nothing major. Yeah. Go wild, our project, you know. You don't have to tell me what you're doing. I don't have to approve anything. It's your vision. I don't need to know what That's it great. is. Just yeah. hand you, it in. You trust in, them in time. to come yeah. back with something. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, so we found 12, 
nine or ten of them were already my friends, but then we yeah. found a couple of them. That, it worked out really, really so great. Every video or every song on the on the CD will have a video. Every it. song will have a video. In fact, what we're doing for a record release thing is instead of doing listening parties, we're doing viewing parties. So oh, cool. you get to listen to these to the whole record and in in it. in sequence and watch it at the same time on the yeah, big screen. That's great. Yeah. Cool. It's amazing that before the album is even out, like all the videos are shot. I mean, that's yeah. unheard of in in the music oh, yeah. business, and it's so cool. Well, a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, my office with Surgical Strike, we did everything in-house. So we treated it as an indie indie project, an art project, and so we had the record, finished everything myself as far as that, producing it and mastering all of that. You know, I, of course, I got a mixer and a mastering guy and whatnot, but, you know, um, but, you know, every, every, every little aspect of it, from the posters to the ad mats, like, We've been doing internal design. Like right. my staff, I, I don't. I don't have a lot of people. Just a few really hardworking friends yeah. who work with me. And uh, we just. The more we can do in house, number one, it's more cost effective, obviously. And number two, it's more of your vision. It's more of pre-approved. And then you go to your label partners. In this case, Warner, and you got. You're like. Here's all the material, and they're like, "Thank you. We don't have to run after you to create these things because you're giving it to us." That's you know, that's great. it makes so much sense. I mean, it's about doing it all in in house, and that's where everything's going, and that's where everything started, organically. Now you mentioned the label. Uh, John and I are both big fans of Buckethead. Oh now, yeah, you're, uh, cool. Man. You've worked yeah. with them. Yeah. Should have bought you CDs. Oh man. yeah. Yeah. Well, Enter the Chicken. Uh, yeah. You're producing, right? I produced it. Yeah. Now, well, I have a couple questions, but first of all, when he goes in. Um, has he got the mask on, or is he is, is he just come? Because no one knows. There's like one old picture there's of him, one like picture on this website like... from like 15 years ago without the mask. But he any, really anytime anytime in public persona or anytime that he's going to be around people that he doesn't know, he's in the mask. Period. Right. Um, not not with me, but um, yeah. you know I've known him for many many years, and we've jammed. I have a number of tracks that I've done with him. Some really yeah. really weird shit man um, that we've done together and uh, so um, yeah so uh, sorry that took, threw me off so, um, so as a producer like when you when you're in when you're in the, the studio with Buckethead how are you as a producer are you real hands on or are you kind of um, check in every now and again I had great on, the, on that record I had great help Dan Monty who's one of my really best friends and he's an amazing engineer he was helping me track a lot of the stuff so Sometimes he'd go get, um, you know, riffs from Buckethead and come and put them together and arrange, like, drum tracks. Like, all those drums on that record are programmed drums. Oh, I thought maybe Brain would be playing drums on that. Well, a lot of them are Brain samples that we've oh, programmed because okay. Brain has a sample library. Like oh, a royalty-free cool. producer yeah. sample life. Oh, cool. cool. <laughs> is it so Brain playing the sample? Like, did he record his brain, himself Brain's playing? recorded samples wow. that a lot of it, we, we used other things, too, for the Buckethead and Friends record. But And then what we did was we brought in all these um, singers, different singer friends, and recorded them and kind of cut it together. And just, I mean, the whole idea is, it's, it's really funny. We had no intention of making a record. And then Buckethead came to me one day and said, I'm going to make a record. Why don't I just make it for the surgical strike? And I'm like, right. awesome. Yeah. You know, because we're friends and yeah. stuff, and and uh, and he said, "Well, what kind of record do you want?" And that was amazing, because right. I mean, what do you mean, what kind of record do I want? He's like, <laughs> "Well, he's like, you know, I've put out all these records. Like, what do you, what, do, what do you want to put out? You know?" And I'm like, "Well, I have a lot of your records. How about one of everything that you've ever done, style-wise? Yeah, wow. you know, so one thing like Coma, which is really very beautiful, and right. um, ambient, and and one thing that's crazy, crazy. One thing that's hip hopy. One thing, you know." 
So we went for making a really, really diverse record, and I think we achieved it. And by bringing different voices into it as well as lead vocalists, you're able to even push those dy dynamics further. Yeah. Did you ever hear? This is just came pop in my head. Uh, a real kind of rare record yeah, that he no did right. with uh, the guys from Lord's, uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, Vigo. Vigo's yeah, record. Yeah. yeah, the poetry stuff. Yeah, I, I bought awesome. that like, off of some... I think, I think there's Vigo's site. I think there's actually. more than one, but I, I, have, I have the first one. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. And you're actually, they recorded that in New Zealand where you're actually now residing, correct? Um, I have residency in New Zealand and I've got a place there. Oh, great. Yeah, but I'm not a citizen of New Zealand. That was a misconception. Um, still a U.S. citizen, and, but but I love it. I, lo I love just kind of disappearing there and, and it's, taking some time I've never off. been there. Is it it's as gorgeous. beautiful as, as the no pictures? Doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, you could just drive, especially the South Island for me, just driving around and, you know, if you're going from one city to another, you'll like, I was telling a friend earlier today, you'll stop somewhere you'll get out of the car and you'll just look outside like it's surreal it's so beautiful like right. untouched like this lake completely placid with like these mountains reflected on it beautiful yeah. trees and you're like wow this is like paradise like I can't believe this is here like, yeah. you know every step of the way now, what's the climate like down there um, the South Island is a little cooler and they have snow uh, then, uh, so it's kind of like the Scottish Highlands in, in comparison as, as far as topography the North Island is a bit more um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's kind of like Hawaii. It's a little more tropical, so it rains more, and right. but it's okay. warmer. Okay. Yeah. Is it uh, easy to get to Australia from there? Four-hour flight uh, to Sydney from Auckland. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever go down there and hang out? Or? I have. I've spent a lot of time in Australia, yeah, over the past. Yeah. Very cool. I have one more uh, bucket question. Um, did, I heard that his guitars are actually like a third larger than like a normal. Like, say you got a Les Paul. Does he actually oh, have you know, them made tempted, a little I'm bit bigger? I'm tempted to call my friend and ask him. <laughs> um, like, I heard that, that they're like custom made, but just one third larger. It could be. I don't know. For some odd reason. Like, but yeah, I'm not sure of that, but I know that he's got that button that, on it. Yeah, that, that, it's like, like an on and off button. I love that. We did it. We jammed together once. We did this impromptu show at the high school that he went to in, in Southern California. It was uh, Brain, myself, Buckethead, and uh, the bassist name, I'm trying to remember. Uh, it had something to do with butt. But I <laughs> anyway, um, it was it was a great show. Like we just we literally no practice, all improv, all improv. Wow. So no songs. Then it was like, like a live concert, live in front concert, of an audience, yeah, in, front no of, in front of like a high school, in an auditorium, and so we just literally snuck in through the back, and just got up on stage, and he'd start something or Brain would start something, and we just join in, just That's all cool. improv. Cool. It was awesome. Were you playing guitar and singing? At the time, I was just I was doing poetry and singing, but wow. I was I, I had like all these books, my own poetry book inclusive, and I was just like reading and then talking and then singing and wow. just going crazy and then changing stuff. I wasn't I didn't play guitar on that show. I like the fact that uh, poetry is something that's really important to you as well as like lyrics and, and music and uh, you know how often do you just sit down and write? I used to write a lot more than I do now as far as just poetry you know I used to write every night before I slept it was kind of like my thing it was a way of reflecting on the day you know mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I have thousands and thousands of poems, many, many notebooks that, you know, will probably never see the light of day, but, you know, just, they're all there. Right. And I still write once in a while, but I tend to write more when I'm kind of away on holiday or something, when I actually have a breath, because I'm really busy with the music side more than anything sure. else.
do you approach the poetry writing like completely different from the lyric writing, or are they similar, or how does that work? Poetry is a much more expressive and personal, intimate form of uh, presentation than music than songs are. Songs, however, can translate a lot more powerfully, you know, because of the combination of the intuitive aspect of music with the intellectual aspect of the lyrics. Cool. I want to talk about FCC. Yeah. Which is great. I don't know if <laughs> anybody here knows what that stands for, but it's not federal communications or commission or whatever that is. But So tell us about FCC. You got Larry with you, right? I've got Larry, yeah. uh, Larry Lalonde from... Uh, FCC is the name of my band, my backup band, and I got Larry Lalonde from Primus, my friend Dan Monty, who engineered the Buckethead oh, okay. Friends record, um, and he, he engineered my record and played on it as well. And uh, I've got my friend Troy Zeigler on drums, and my friend Irwin from Slow Motion Rain, that's a band on Surgical Strike on, on pianos, and uh, this guy, this awesome guy, um, Italian session player, Mario, playing bass. Cool. Yeah, they're cool guys. And we came up with the name FCC because, well, FCC is the Federal Communications Commission, the uh, government body that's responsible for, um, you know, giving us penalties if we cuss on air. Mm -hmm. And there are huge fines these days, as you all know. Can we cuss on air now? Yeah, you can yes. Okay, great. So um, we thought we'd kind of make the word FCC a, a cuss, cuss word. word. That right. would, you know, they'd have to either penalize themselves or when people think of F FCC, they think of something else. So we decided to call the band the Flying Cunts of Chaos. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I like that. I like that. And this will be the band you're taking out on the road yeah. starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. In Chicago. Yeah. And Tom Morello's going to be playing shows Tom Morello, with you. as the Night Watchman, is going to yeah. be um, playing with us, opening up. And uh, a couple of the West Coast shows are going to be... Um, we're going to be supported by Fair to Midland, which another is, band on my label. Right here, which is uh, uh, cool, very cool. And I, I love the uh, title of this, Fables from a Mayfly. What I tell you three times is true. <laughs> I just thought that was a, a cool extra. They you know. are an amazing... If you if you guys have never seen them live, mm -hmm. if they're in town, please go see them we because their, their show is undeniably one of the most powerful rock shows around. I guarantee it. Cool. Now, how did you discover those guys? Um, my cousin who works for me, Michael, he actually... Um, had heard of them through a friend, checked out their MySpace page, and brought me their music. I thought it was really cool. I wanted to see them live. They were happening, you know, they were ha they happened to come through L.A., so I got a chance to see them twice in the same week, and I was I was blown away by their live performance. I liked their music to begin with, but when I saw them perform live, I'm like, you can't stand in front of these guys, watch them, and not go, wow, I'm a fan, you know, wow. like, it was that powerful. So, yeah, that's when I signed cool. them. Cool. Yeah. I wish we could uh, see them opening for you at some of those West Coast days. I know. We're, we're actually, they're opening for us in Europe as well, but it just worked out this way because of both Tom's schedule and Fair to Midland's schedule. So that There's actually a chance we'll be out there, so maybe we'll uh, come oh, cool. to one of the gigs. Yeah. Cool, yeah. If, in if we're there. Uh, no, not Europe, but LA. On the West Coast, cool, yeah, West cool. Coast. Yeah, there's an L.A. show and there's a San Francisco show. But we'll definitely look for them on their own, and we'll see cool. you when you're playing in New York. Awesome, sure. man. Serge, you've done a lot of collaborations, you know, everybody from the Deftones to Snot to Buckethead. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you about collaborating with the uh, the great uh, godfather of metal, Tony Iommi. Oh, on, yeah. On the song yeah. Patterns. I was, I was a big fan of that record. It, you, Patterns was great. Uh, Dave Grohl's song on there was awesome. Yeah, Laminate, yeah. I think Henry it was Rollins called. had a song. Yeah. I remember Skunk and AC had a song. Billy Idol was on there. Billy, Idol had Billy a song. Yeah. Corgan. Uh, I didn't remember that. That's cool. A bunch of other people. A great record. But um, 
how, how was it working with him? Did you sit down and work on music, or was he kind of just sent you the tapes? And no, no, they just, he, uh, you know, I, I had met him through Ozfest and right. a number of shows we had played opening up for Black Sabbath in Europe and stuff, and uh, so uh, I think, so he had sent me a tape to, uh, of a song to listen to, and I thought it was really cool, and mm -hmm. I started playing around with, you know, vocal ideas and lyrics and stuff, and, uh, and then I went and met him, hung out with him, and you know, just chilled right. and just talked about music and hung out. You know, it wasn't it wasn't in the studio. We weren't working or anything like that. We were just right. enjoying each other. You know, and, yeah. and and just talking about music, hanging out, having some lunch and stuff. Cool. And then I went into the studio and just tracked it. Very cool. And um, growing up, were you a fan of like Ozzy era, Dio era, post Dio era, era Sabbath? Growing up. I hate to tell you this, but growing up, I wasn't even a metal fan. Really? The okay. first concert I went to was um, Iron Maiden in 1984, and my girlfriend was a fan. Oh, so okay. she took me, and I was like, whoa, wow, you know, my right. eyes started opening up. And uh, But growing up, like in the 70s, I was, I was more into, you know, like soul. I was more yeah, into, sure. um, you know, disco and, and, and you know, um, and in the 80s, early 80s, I was, I was more into new wave and goth, that kind of stuff. So it's it's later in life that I well, late '80s I got into metal and rock heavily, really? and then yeah. punk and pop and sure. hip hop and, and and everything else. So I my roots are kind of different, you know. Right. But Which I is... also have a lot of roots of folk and Armenian music and Middle Eastern music and Greek music and French music, a lot of world music and jazz as far as you know beginnings. So it kind of mixed in with. But once I embraced a type of music, like I would. I'd get into death metal, let's say, right. and for like six, seven months, I'd buy everything and just listen to it like, like, like I'm hungry, you know, right. like I'm eating it. I'd do the same thing with every genre, like, wow. you know, I'd get into hip-hop and I'd just go hip-hop, you know. Just, yeah. and, then, and then, of course, you keep whatever you like from your collection and you keep on listening more to certain records, but not the whole genre of, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Definitely. Did you start out on piano? Yeah, first cool. instrument. In yeah. lessons, like, like... Never. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we have time for like one more question. Okay. I just want to follow the Maiden thing about the first experience seeing Maiden. Talk about that was my first concert. Uh, if we could just talk about a little bit more about seeing Maiden and like how. Peace of Mind tour was that? 1984? I, I forget was probably what it their was fourth called. record. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, th that, was, that was still when Maiden was, was shorter songs. Yeah. You know, like it, they, the next record, Power Slave, and Somewhere in Time, they got really epic and but they were still kind of like almost had that punk attitude about them oh at yeah that time, maiden is know? a very unique band i've realized over the years because of uh, their rhythm you know like the way that they play the music their rhythmical pattern guitars and bass the the whole kind of riding a horse kind of thing we, we've used it a lot in system not necessarily right. copying it but being influenced by it you know wow, a lot of bands have done that actually i've noticed over over time maiden is a very specific influence that i think you could point out in bands because it's a very rhythmical thing yeah, absolutely. And, and, and before we let you go, Serge, I just wanted to say uh, a couple months ago, uh, a listener in that listens to our podcast out in, I think, California sent us two copies of Screamers cool. because he knew that John and I were both fans of, of System. And awesome. uh, I was very touched by the story of your grandfather. Thank you, And I was sorry to hear that he, he recently passed. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I just uh, wanted to thank you for getting behind this film and, Absolutely. and making it happen and I think it's an important message that 
even even I am embarrassed to say that I didn't understand fully. You know, That's okay. and I mean, you uh, know. and this really helped open my eyes to it. And Thank you, Mark. Following stuff in the news, even today, I read something that the House of uh, Representatives there was a committee that, that yeah has that passed a uh, resolution recognizing the Armenian genocide. Now it's basically up to the Speaker of the House to bring it up to a House floor vote. If or a she, full vote. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing, not funny, but the, the great thing about it is that since uh, Bush and his administration is completely opposed to the passing of this bill, he actually spoke about it on the, on the you know, lawn of the White House. Right. And instead of defeating the bill, what it did was the bill passed and it publicized it. So it was on the front page of New York Times. Yeah. And sure. I just did CBS morning, uh, early morning TV this morning. I woke up at 5 because they... They wanted to talk about that. Oh, is that why you're yeah. up at five now? Yeah. That's why I haven't slept in three days. Oh no, <laughs> good but, reason uh, to get up at five. Though. Yeah, it is a good reason. And this is this is the DVD here, Screamers. Yeah, yeah Screamers is coming highly out in recommended. November. November. Okay. When when Anna. Thank you. Yeah, you I wanted to tell you when when Anna saw your grandfather um, talking about Ifkara, uh, I could see an emotional something happened when she saw that, and yeah. I mean thank you because she just it was so nice for her to see someone who's Armenian, talking about the towns that she knows and places that she remembered. And uh, I was touched by it, just because for, for the last, uh, since four or five years, uh, I've been uh, basically almost living with like a, an Armenian family. And um, it, I was emotionally touched by watching Screamers, and I mean, to the point where I was like tearing up and yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, some of those images, I almost didn't even want to show her because I had watched it before. Yeah, I showed stuff. her because I know that sometimes she doesn't want to see yeah. stuff like that. It, but, it won't uh, make you happy. But the greatest yeah. thing about the film for me, learning experience from making the film, was what I what I got out of it was that all genocide and all Holocaust is one. You know, it's a crime right. against humanity. It has nothing to do with who the perpetrators are and who the victims are. It's this crime that that should have a separate type of standard of intervention with the United Nations and other international bodies. And so that's that's what I took away from it. That you know, when I was looking at pictures of Rwanda and Darfur, I felt the same thing as I did having to do with the Holocaust and the Armenian genocide. So that's I think that's really important to know. I, I do absolutely think that as well. Thanks, man. Thank you. Right on. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thanks. Can I just get you to do a, uh, his assertion you're watching Talking Metal ID? To... Do you want us out of the shots? Yeah, or? we'll just spray it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. With a drink in my hand, possibly? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're uh, hiding the sand out. Talking Metal, right? Hi, I'm Serge Duncan, and you're listening to Talking Metal. And then one more quick thing. One more time? Louder? No, I'll raise my volume. Okay. Hi, I'm Serge Duncan, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Can you do a watching Talking Metal? Sorry. You're watching? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That's true. Good point. Thank you. You are watching Talking Metal. Serge Tankian here. Thank you. Cheers. Awesome. Cheers. And then we do, think, we do a talking metal top three. We let people make up their own random top three lists. Like uh, Angela from March Enemy did her top three favorite vegetarian meals. Throwdown did their top three shark movies. I don't know if maybe you want to do like uh, top three political albums or 
yeah. um, top three new bands you're listening to. Mm. You can kind of do a top three of anything you want. And all you have to do is just say, hey, this is Surge, um, and here's my top three, whatever list. Number one, number two, number three. New bands? Um, I'm or checking some you'd like out. To collaborate with um, record shops, things you change about um, the American government. <laughs> Look at you go. <laughs> She's really researched this pretty intensely. I like to give people options. Okay, can I write it down? Yeah, sure. Oh, you want me to do it on camera? Yeah. On oh, camera. shit. It's a visual show. It's just part of uh, some of the packaging that, that we can run throughout the series. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it'll be good. All right. This is my top three Tourette's responses. Fuck! Shit! Can't! Thank you. Did you watch the, did you see the South Park where yeah, uh, yeah, Cartman, yeah. Cartman becomes, yeah. He, Cartman, uh, by the way, was going to fake that he had Tourette's. And, right, right. Uh, but literally, I was like in the chair like oh, dying man. laughing. It's on hilarious. That. It was so funny. but Hilarious. <laughs> but uh, it, that was a great episode. I just watched it like a couple nights ago. They're great. They're genius. <laughs> that show is so out. Do you know those guys at all? Have you no, I haven't met them. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the really... Show. Yeah, They're really you awesome. You, 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 <laughs> um, Les Claypool did the, uh, the music, the music yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? Uh, speaking of Larry and Les, and I remember when I first moved to New York, I was like, there was a club called the Marquee that no longer exists. I don't even know what the Marquee is now. Marquee? You were at the Primus show? I was outside the Primus show, and oh, the, I couldn't get in. The, like, the Marquee was on 43rd Street? Back then, I, I couldn't get in. I stood there, and oh, that was the Academy. It was sold the Academy. out, and I couldn't yeah. get in. So that was my... But I was like a big fan. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think they're amazing. I think it's... Really creative band. Yeah. I mean, what I think is great about your creative is that, you know, like... You know, that's a perfect band that I used to know about. Now I, I know about your career, and the, I think it's cool that you guys all know each other.
heard was Empty Walls by Surge Tankian. Great stuff. And we had a great hang with Surge there. And uh, once again, talking metal, hanging out, drinking beer, having a good time. Yeah, we were at the Circus Bar, one of our favorite hangs in New York. We haven't been there for a while, despite the fact that it's been... Always one of our favorite hangs, and that is due to the fact that we've been super, super busy. I was working. actually there a couple oh, weeks you were? ago. Yeah, oh, a couple weeks ago. Maybe <laughs> la- maybe even last week. Yeah. Who were you there with? Uh, I met up with Gary for a drink there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just briefly. They remodeled it. Yeah, I know. Way. Remember yeah. I had to put yeah. white couches in there and stuff? If you, if you guys watch Fuse, which we hope you do because Talking Metal is on Fuse, uh, you will also see a commercial with Velvet Revolver. It, it's probably not airing anymore, but it was a video Make Velvet Revolvers video contest, and you see the band sitting in this red rounded booth. That is actually the circus bar in that commercial. Cool. I just wanted to clear up a few things. Despite what you have read or heard, Fuse does not own Talking Metal. It does not own the Talking Metal name. Talking Metal is owned by John and myself, and it will continue to be a podcast which is separate from Fuse. We appreciate Fuse giving us the rights to air some of the interviews uncut, but uh, Talking Metal is its own entity and was not purchased by Fuse, like I read on uh, some website somewhere. Uh, What else? Um, We do not edit the Talking Metal on Fuse shows. People have complained that we edited this out or edited that out. Uh, We have a great producer and a bunch of great editors who work on the show, uh, and... You know, the show is only 20 some minutes long. So obviously, you know, we sat down with Mike Patton or we went toy shopping with him for a full hour. And that the way it broke down was they only used less than five minutes of it. Somebody wrote in that they couldn't believe we used more of Don Dockin than Mike Patton. And, and you know what? It wasn't really our call. Um, that's just the way it played out. We did a probably more than an hour long interview with Dockin. Right, and we did 13 hours with Zach Wild and edited it down to a 20-some minute TV show, which I yeah. think was awesome, by the way. I have to say that that is one of my favorite episodes. The highest-rated show of, of the bunch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the highest-rated original Fuse show of the week, I believe, right? I think so. Yeah, i got to take a look at the uh, stats on that. Yeah, so the interviews we did on the Fuse show, they were all long. We did long interviews with everybody, and unfortunately, you're not going to hear all of those, but they are allowing us to broadcast a few of them to you here on the podcast. You just heard the Surge one today, so stay tuned for and some And thank more you, ones. Fuse, for allowing us to broadcast these great uncut interviews. Yeah, once again, Talking Metal Live this Tuesday. Check us out in the evening. 4 p.m. for you people out in California and the West Coast. Please tune in. And I want to let you guys know that although Friday night is the normal Talking Metal on Fuse night, I'm for some reason thinking that a one-hour block of Talking Metal on Fuse is on this week on Thursday night instead of Friday night. So please check your local listings. Uh, We try to keep up on all that, but it's just sometimes a little bit impossible to keep up on every single thing that's going on with Talking Metal. Check your digital cable guide for sure. A lot of Guns N' Roses news this past week. Uh, Dr. Pepper is saying they'll give everyone in America free Dr. Pepper if Axel releases Chinese Democracy this year. I did speak with Dr. Pepper, and they say the at this time, they said the band is not involved in their campaign and the record label is not involved. So, And again, they said at this time, so I don't know what that means. Axel said he was completely surprised by the announcement. 
Uh, and then the next day, Axel re- issued another press release, you know, two in, in two days, which is crazy because it's been pretty quiet in the, the Guns N' Roses camp for a while, stating he has new management. So yes. that's exciting. Yeah, and you know what also is pretty neat is that uh, he did say that he would share his uh, can with Buckethead. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And confirm that Buckethead is on the record, right. Chinese Democracy. So good stuff there. Uh, that's about it for me. I want to play one more song and maybe get out of here. you have any more news, John? I'm trying to think, and uh, the answer is no at this time. At this time, no you heard something about Ricky news. Rocket today. I don't know if we should. Uh, oh yeah, talk TMZ about that. was reporting that uh, he was arrested for rape. So that's pretty serious charges. I hope uh, they're not true. Actually, we hope that that is absolutely not true. And the only reason we're bringing it up is because we want to let all of the listeners know that just because you read something online or hear something in the media, that does not mean it is absolutely true. And you know, I've been a fan of Ricky Rocket forever, and until somebody is proven guilty of something, I do not believe that it's true or false or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, and we should know that. There's been plenty of stuff, uh, especially with the Fuse show, that was written about us or the, the podcast or the television show that uh, wasn't actually factually correct. Correct. And I want to stress to everybody, just because we finished season one of Talking Metal on Fuse doesn't mean that you should stop tuning into Fuse. Tune into Talking Metal on Fuse. Uh, episodes will continue to be rebroadcast uh, frequently on Fuse, over so please check it out. Yeah, so you know, keep watching Talking Metal on Fuse to keep metal alive. Yeah. Dan watched a bunch of episodes last night. What did you watch, Dan? I saw the uh, Zach Wilde one. Zach, yeah. The nurse. See, I got a text from Dan saying the metal nurse is hot. Yeah, she was hot. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, she was in his Can't argue that. As is Faith, I couldn't believe how cool Faith was when she brought me that bottle of Kiss wine. Oh, yeah, that was, that was so definitely nice. cool. And they left it in the, the cut, uh, too, yes, which I yeah. thought was cool. Cool. By the way, Thomas from the band Verismo oh, yes. uh, stopped by here yesterday. Uh, wow. He called me and, and brought us a bottle of wine from Hungary. I wrote oh, him a amazing. letter trying to get his citizenship sorted out and... Anyways, it, it helped out a lot, he said, and uh, he now has a work visa in this country. So he's back. Great. He's been hungry for a Thomas. while. He is back. We'll play some more Verismo at some point. Very but, cool. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. Cool. This is a band they sent a CD in, Retro Demon. It's good stuff. It's on iTunes. Use the link in today's show notes to purchase this track for your iPod, for your computer. Uh, when you use those links, it opens up your iTunes and puts you right in touch with the, the track. And we actually get a little kickback on that. So it helps us out. And uh, Millions. Yeah. That kickback has gone up uh, with the Fuse episode, actually. I think the $3 checks that we were getting each month are now up to about five or six. That's it. We're, we're rich. Yeah. We are rich, man. Cool. All right, man. You, uh, you good? I'm good. Anyway, yeah, I'm just kidding, guys. Thanks for using those links. It's it's really cool. And uh, thanks for listening to Talking Metal. Thanks for watching Talking Metal on Fuse. Keep doing both. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes, uh, all of you hardcore Talking Metal people. We'll be curious to hear what you think, so do that. And check out TalkingMetalForums.com. Yes. Send us an email. On MySpace, which is talking or myspace.com slash talking metal. <laughs> I want to mention one more thing. We have so many like websites and stuff now. But when we started this, it was talkingmetal.com. Now we've got like 400 things at the end of every show. We've got to like, you know, have like some kind of teleprompter to tell us how many different websites we've got. But I want to stress that 
the Talking Metal Jams, the uncut and uninterrupted in, uh, jams are now streaming on the Fuse Talking Metal website, which is fuse.tv slash Talking Metal. Go to the video section, and you can not only see the Till the End video. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, The uncut awesome. one? Yeah. yeah, the uncut Till the End is up it, there. It's weird. Most of them are uncut, but they actually still edited Seek and Destroy. Yeah, yeah, uh, that which is... Which is kind of a drag, but Right, whatever. right. Hopefully, you know, maybe we can have so we, that we played We played Seek and Destroy exactly like the Kill 'Em All version, right. you know, as far as the 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 length that the song, the different parts of the song repeat, but they have it cut up a little bit on. Yeah, on the that website. you're right. The, like for example, the Motorhead song is uncut. there's like three yeah. extra verses in it or something, and uh, um, the Zach song. Um, to me, I believe is a little bit longer, and uh, you know, there's no talking. All of you, they musicians... might edit the beginning of that Zach song. Yeah, you know, I, I noticed. I think that there was the a little original, edit at but, the uh, very beginning. But anyways, most of the stuff is unedited. Right. that's up there. Yeah. And and plus, there's no talking during it. So like, uh, I know uh, some of you have uh, stated that you would like yeah. to hear the songs without the little commentary over it. And uh, go check them out at fuse.tv/talkingmetal, and then click on the tab that says video cool all right guys this is retro demon help these guys out they're an independent band i think they sound great buy their track using the link in today's show notes have a good night and get ready for episode 200 a couple major major guests will be on episode 200 <laughs> later take care that's good cool
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.